Welcome to Elevating the Gentleman's Podcast. I'm Anthony. This is... This is Nick, and we have a special guest today. We appreciate him coming on. It was it was quite a challenge. We we wanted him to come in for quite some time, but he's finally here, and we're glad to have him. And pleasure you are. Being here. <laughs> yes, Joel. Yeah, pleasure being here, Nick Anthony. I know that you guys have been working very very hard recently in uh, getting this podcast together. So. I'm, it's an honor being here, my uh, my friends. I've seen you guys' stuff. I've seen the type of value that you guys have been providing. On top of that, you guys have an impeccable style yourselves. So, again, thank you guys. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to be able to be on this Elevating the Gentleman podcast. So, we're really glad to have you here. And, as well, we've heard so much about you, so much of all the work that you've done. So, we have... We have Nick over here that's going to be grilling you with questions. I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be on the on the sidelines, just kind of like smiling here and there, taking notes. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna allow him to to shoot for it and hope you're ready to uh, accept these questions. Absolutely. I love having conversations like this. This is always a good time, especially with good people as yourself. So hey, this is gonna be fun. Let's do it then. All right. Yeah, so Joel, why don't you jump in and just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your um, your business. All right. Yeah. So my name is, hello, everyone. My name is Joel Angel. I run an image and style consulting agency here in Los Angeles. I've been doing this now for about, well, since the beginning of this year. Since then, I've been helping myself, uh, help, been helping other people just better, perform better, behave better, communicate better through their clothing. So uh, it's been it's been a pretty nice ride. I think I think there's a missing voice in this space and just men's space in general that doesn't talk very much about style. So being able to find gentlemen like Nick and Anthony who uh, share the same interests as I do is, is always a good thing. And I think that you know, when men perform, when men dress their best and they perform their best, uh, the world is a better place. So, again, it's a pleasure being here. And I'm looking forward to what, uh, you know, what you guys have to ask. Honestly, I also have many questions to ask you guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to just having this, like, as we say, the conversation. Exactly. This is going to be a free-flowing conversation. So we're we're also looking to hear what you have to ask us. So this is going to be fun. Hmm. Yeah, so I'll start. I'll just start with some of my questions. So, when it comes to branding, what aspects of branding and style do you get into? Do you get into? Is it just clothing? Is it have to do with like online presence, mm. um, communication, social skills, fitness, maybe health? You want to expand on that a little bit? You know, I th- I really like that question a lot because. When people think of style and image, they really just think of clothing or they think of grooming or they think of uh, these things that are very surface level. As someone who's, you know, guys, when I got into this, I wasn't, I didn't do this because uh, I was more, I I was all about clothing. I mean, clothing, I've always had an interest into it, but really brand in general has always been, has been the main topic of I'd say a majority of my life. And the things that I go over with clients, it's it's not just appearance. It's a place that we start from. But that's the that's the first eight hours of our interaction with one another. Talking about clothing, talking about who you want to be, how you want to be perceived. But there's so much more beyond that. Uh, as you mentioned, there's behavior, communication. And and Image consulting world, there's a thing called, there's the ABCDs of image consulting. It's appearance, behavior, communication, and digital footprint. And, you know, and, and it's quite interesting seeing people think that, you know, personal brand, personal image is really just appearance. It's not so much more. And, uh, you know, I, I have a saying. It's, you know, the, your appearance will get you through the door. 
but your behavior and communication will keep you inside of the room. And a lot of guys resonate with that. And I think, you know, if you look at the most influential people, it's not just the way they dress. It's not just their, their, their fitness. It's everything else beyond those first seven seconds that people uh, start to create a first impression of you. I don't really keep looking down or on my phone. Just my notes were on my phone. No, no worries, my friend. It's all um, good. So that that's that builds into my next question. So how do you analyze or um, like access or, or assess your clients? How do you go about doing that? Is it if you can? Is it in person or is it online? How would like what's the um, process for that? Like, how do you take in the information before you make a, you suggest some changes or? Well, every single thing that I do is, is always a measured approach. And honestly, it's, it's something that we kind of almost discovered together. I always ask questions. I think, you know, one of my good mentors used to tell me, he says, if you ever want good answers, you need to ask good questions. So everything that I start, I mean, from the very beginning of our of, of the this process of recreating or helping people create a new image for themselves, it all goes back to that. I don't make recommendations unless I can clear make a unless I can see a clear way that it would benefit them and be, helping them become the version that they want to be or the or the uh, be the version of themselves that they think is the best for themselves. So. Yeah, everything goes back down to questions. And I think anybody who really wants to get into, look to improve their their personal image, it really goes back to asking the right questions. And those questions can be very simple. You know, what do you want to communicate to the world? How do you want to be perceived? Who are you looking to attract? And why? You know, I think you can ask, I think anybody can look at a mannequin and say, yeah, that's nice clothing. That's a nice color. But do they actually understand what's being communicated on that mannequin? Do they understand that clothing really does tell a story? And so if you're able to kind of walk clients through the process, and you know, just walk yourself through a process of what is the story that I'm telling through my clothing? Uh, that is where it really starts because that's really what the framework really, well, every single, every single thing that we do, it all tells a story from our actions, from the way that we communicate, even our mannerisms, our facial expressions, it all says something. So I encourage gentlemen to look at clothing not as something that you do, but as a story that you tell. Now, are there any, are there any um, I guess, common themes you see from clients that, you know, any certain thing that seems to be like a commonality that men or, or young men are lacking? Mm, I would say that I see a lot of guys being dressed by women. I think that's always a funny thing. Yeah, they go so shopping. You guys probably see that a lot too. They go shopping with their girlfriend or their wife. Or their mothers. Or their mothers, yeah. You know, and, and again, we can't I, – I don't blame these guys. You know, I was one of those guys as well. You know, my mother yeah. was, you know, we're all were, you know, for the most part, our fathers didn't really teach us about clothing, yeah. at least mine didn't. Damn. And so all that we had was our parents and all I had was the kids around me kind of, you know, and I'm taking ideas as I'm growing up of how I want to dress and how I want to be perceived. Um, but, you know, I think from a very young age, I've always understood that, you know, cool kids dress a certain way. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to be those guys. But as I got older, I realized that it's, you know, I still do the same thing, but I do it at a much more sophisticated level, but also do it at a level where I know that the clothes that I'm wearing and the story that I'm telling is really looking to attract a higher caliber person. You know, I'm not looking to be seen as part of the cool kids in high school. I want to be more associated with, well, I want, I dress so that I can walk into a room and be context, be accepted for lack of better terms, because that's what my goal is. I want to dress for the occasion, dress for the context, 
And if I'm dressing for that, then, you know, it makes, makes interactions a lot more easier. I've noticed that, so building on that, dressing for the occasion, um, I, I, I think a lot of people say you can never be, it's not a bad thing to be overdressed. Uh, also, though, so from from what I've noticed, so in sales for like real estate and doing leasing, a lot of the apartments that I lease or sell to clients, they're kind of just like average people, like like regular people. So when I leave, you know, for the day to go, you know, hit, hit the streets, sell, show apartments, you know, I try to dress kind of just like a regular person because it wouldn't really be congruent with my clients to show up in a three-piece suit. And uh, so, like, being aware of the occasion is definitely something that I've had to learn uh, as growing up, you know, and just growing up my style as well. It comes to it comes a lot with body language as well, right? Like, it's the audience you're trying to trying trying to attract. So in your case, Nick, yeah, it, it makes sense. You want to be with the cop, you want to be with the people that are that are looking for certain things. What I've noticed quite a lot in terms of body language and what I'm wearing in terms of attire, and I tested this out recently. My parents would often ask me, why am I always wearing a suit wherever I go? And I'm like, you're going to and they kept asking me this, especially when I went to the bank with them. And I was like, okay, we're going to test something out. I'm going to wear just a tracksuit today. And so we, I went into the bank tracksuit and would you know it? We had the worst service ever. They asked me to do a bunch of signatures and my mom's looking dumbfounded. She's just like, and she's looking at me speaking my, in my mother tongue. And she's just like, why are they doing this? Why are they making you sign all these things? And I was just like, just hold on, just hold on. And then like, I did everything I complied. I was fine with it. And I left with a smile, even though they gave me a disgruntled face. And then I, and I, uh, I told my mom, uh, like in the car, I'm like, and this is the reason why I wear a suit. This is exactly the reason. Cause when I wear a suit, transactions are less than five minutes. They, they ask me how I'm doing. They ask me a bunch of questions. They're very polite and whatnot, but it goes to show that the way you dress, you will get a certain type of service. So it's really up to you on as to how you want to convey your message. If you show that you're disheveled and whatnot, that's the type of service that you're going to get from the people around you. Whereas if you're well put and whatnot, you'll get that interaction from, from people. Yeah, at the end of the day, image matters. Whether you like it or not, it always will. So... Was there any moment for you that made you realize that? Being in the military, for sure, definitely, definitely exposed me to that. Because you guys, you have to remind, you know, people, people who don't know, I'm surrounded by people who we all look the same. But there are subtle things that you can real that you can notice about people that, you know, we're wearing the same clothes, but we're wearing them differently. You can tell when people actually have pride in their uniform. You can tell when people uh, don't care. And you can tell who's the worker and you can tell who's the boss. And it was very easy to pick that out. You know, besides looking at the rank, just by looking at the uniform, the way that they stood and the way that they moved in their clothes, in their, in their, in their uniforms. Uh, I think I've always been, I think I've always been aware. I think from a very young age, I've always been aware of power and position and uh, we'll say influence. But definitely when I joined the military and really started to see, you know, I still remember to this day, you know, seeing my drill instructors, just seeing how well dressed they were. And we were put in this clothing that were, you know, maybe a size too big for us. You know, it's, it's, it's done with the reason, you know, it's done. I would say it's done with a purpose. So, when I could, I was able. I, I went back to the store, you know, went to the uniform shop, and I got properly fitted clothing, because I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be like a guy that looked like he just got out of the boot camp, which was mostly overdress, uh, under, uh, oversized, uh, boots unshined. You know, there was just a lot of things that I I think I 
purposely wanted to make a change on. And so, yeah, you know, being in the military definitely puts, it definitely does give a, it, it provides an environment where it shows you that image does matter, even when everybody is essentially, you know, wearing the same uniform. Are there certain things? So what I've noticed is while being in the, like for you being the military, for me being in a private school, wearing dress shirts and whatnot, have you noticed that there are certain skills that have been transferred in terms of maintenance in clothing and whatnot from, from that? Because if I understand correctly in the military, there's a strict rule of taking care of your clothes, your shoes. You have to shine your shoes to a, to a specific, a, a specific way. Same thing as doing your bed. Is this, this is true, right? And, and in that sense, like, do you find that these skills have been transferred? They, they become transferred in, in your, in your day to day now? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that, you know, being in the military, you're, you're expected to make your room, make your bed. You know, we had room inspections all the time. And from people who don't know, you know, why do we do room inspections? It's for discipline. It's for man, uh, Maintaining discipline. And, you know, people may say, oh, this is just kind of dumb. No, no, no. It's, there is a standard that, you know, think about it. If you walk into somebody's house and everything's dirty in there, what does that tell you about the person? You know, and, yeah, you know, bad. when I was 18 and or 19 doing all these room inspections, I thought they were dumb. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've... I've looked at everything as another form of communication, as another opportunity to communicate the type of person that I am. You know, I make my bed every single morning. I light candles in my house because I want the place to smell good. I make sure the trash is taken out. I make sure the things around me are in place, in order. You know, I make sure that my uniforms are, you know, to this day, I still wear a uniform. You know, this to me is a uniform. Uh, I do my best to take care of it. I mentioned just before we went on, you know, I came back from the tailor's. $150 worth of alterations. But to me, it's, it's that important to me. I'm willing to spend a little bit more to make sure that I'm presenting myself and I'm maintaining a standard. So, you know, I think the military does, it, it gave me, it, it gave me a structure that I could use even after the military. And that is maintaining good order and good discipline in my, the way that I present myself. So, you know, I, I'm absolutely grateful that I was able to go through that. There's, there's so many lessons that I, many people won't understand and they won't, you know, I, I just, I just took what they gave me and I made it work for me outside of the military. And so it just continues on. And, you know, my hopes is that I can inspire men to start looking at their, the way that they present themselves as another thing of it as like a business card, the clothing that you wear. It's, it's part of your business. It's oh, part yeah. of your, you're a billboard. And, you know, sure. so you're constantly communicating all these, so many different things to people. The question is, are you doing it? Are you saying and communicating what you want to communicate? Or are you just leaving it up to chance? Right. So I tell guys, don't leave it up to chance. Influence influence the people around you through your clothing, through the way you move, through the way that you communicate. All right. I have some questions on some, some specific things. Sure. So, Good. Anthony, 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 and I have discussed off the rack suits a little bit. <laughs> I, I have a couple off the rack suits, but like you, the linen suit I just bought it was about like one hundred and fifty dollars worth of tailoring. Yeah, um, she basically remade the whole pants because <laughs> my, my proportions aren't like that favorable, so my waist is like ten inches. Is like, I guess. My waist is like a 32 or a 34, and my chest is like a 44. So all my yeah. proportions are out of whack. Yeah. She has to like add material to the crotch and take the weight. <laughs> and it's like she might as well have just made the pants herself. Yeah. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on off-the-rack suits? I think well, I need, for, for this case, I needed a suit in short notice, so it was like less than two weeks' notice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just hear your take. Anthony and I have discussed this at length, so we're, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, I, I think uh, I'll give my opinion on that, but I have to say there's a thing called sexy tax. I call it a sexy tax. You know, we have to 
maintain our sexiness. So that's why we pay all this money for alterations. So people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, like why would I spend so much money on money? It's it's just a sexy tax at this point. It's like we work out, we look good. You know, clothes isn't meant to fit, you know, people with 28-inch waist and, you know, a chest no. of 44. So, no. you know, whatever. I'm willing to pay that extra just so I can maintain my image. It's whatever. a good problem to have. Exactly. It's a very good problem to have. Uh, off, the, off the, you know, I, I have nothing against off the rack. I don't say it's good or bad. I say, you know, if you find something that's of quality and it's something you can get cheaper and you can... You know, it's still, you know, good clothing will last. So finding something off the rack or even finding something secondhand, I tell guys, like, as long as it's quality, then it doesn't really matter. If it's within your size and you can find a tailor that'll tailor it for you, go for it. You know, I'm sure there's a bunch of, you know, I I I had a friend the other day. He told me, you know, he was wearing a Brioni shirt. He picked it off at $10 secondhand. Damn. He spent about $30 worth of alterations to make sure it fit him properly. Yep. It's like a brown. You should like, you're not going to find that anywhere else. Like you actually have to, you're not going to find that for $10 at the, at the Goodwill. Nah. But if you do, and you know what you're looking for, you know, this is where I think having the knowledge and, you know, uh, having an education and, and, and quality clothing really does help out in the long run. I can, I, you know, I can look at somebody's suit more or less, give me a couple minutes. And I can tell whether or not it's, it's something that you want to keep long term. If it's just something yeah. that's just a throwaway, yeah, yeah. But I think off the rack is if it, if it's if it's something that people can, if that's what people can only afford, then go for it. But I warn people that make sure that it gets tailored to you. Make sure that there's you know, make sure that it's it, the value of of that off the rack is worth it. Because if it's not, you just you might as well just save up money and just try to get something made to measure or, you know, yeah. bespoke. Yeah. But even bespoke, it's if it's your first suit, don't go bespoke. No. Get something simple. Because you don't know what you're looking for. That's right. the big thing, right? right. It's like you, you want to tell a chef to make if I were to if if I were to go to a chef and tell him, hey, make me a African cuisine, you know, from scratch. I've never had African cuisine before. Ever. So it's like they're going to first question they ask me, okay, what do you like? And I'm like, I don't know. It's the same thing whenever you go to a, a customer bespoke uh, tailor. It's like you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. So yep. I just tell guys, you know, get a stylist, get somebody like you guys, Anthony, Nick, talk to them. And, you know, they'll walk you through a process so that they can help you pick out a good suit. Yeah. I find when Anthony, Anthony and I are out, um, we tend to be giving out advice to people like by accident almost. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's part of the look. I mean, again, we're going to stand out so much more than anybody else simply because we actually are sure. We, people say we're putting on a costume. No, this is us just dressing up, you know, it's, but also you get treated differently. And that's really what, not, not only do I get treated differently. I think that's a perk. Really what I'm looking for is I, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm being my own filter in my own life. I only want to talk with people who who wear suits. You know, I'm not going to attract people. I'm not going to, you know, the amount of times I've been able to just start strike another conversation with somebody who's of of, of high caliber, who are good in business, who are business people, because I'm wearing a suit is countless. The amount of times I've had a conversation uh, with somebody who's not in business, who's lazy, who's playing video games all day because I'm wearing a suit is none. So the way I see it, it's like, well, I'm just simply, I, I am my own filter. True. You know, people who see me wearing a suit, they're going to think of me some what? Well, yeah. people who wear suits are going to want to talk with other people in suits. And I kind of like it that way. Yep, yep. Anthony, do you have anything you want to add? So, yeah, it comes it comes down to your imagination as well when you're when you're wearing, like, clothing, suits in general. You don't have to, I think one thing, one thing that I, that I did want to mention about, about like what you're conveying to people is the versatility in suits, right? You don't mm. need to exactly wear your full three piece suit and go with that. You could always just take like the jacket or you could just wear the trousers and just go with that. A great example is yesterday I went out and I went to cigar lounge and just 
as I'm walking down the street, people are noticing what I'm wearing and they're often asking me, they were, they asked me, oh, where did you get these trousers from? I'm like, they're part of my suit. And they're like, whoa, you can do that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can. You're not going to get stopped by the cops for, for just wearing like half of that, like from the dressing police or something. You can just wear it so long as it works with the flow of your of the clothing that you're that you're willing to pair it with. Mm-hmm. It all works. And at the end of the day, it's also your confidence, right? If you're if you're comfortable doing that, then that works out at the end of the day. So it's all about versatility. So actually, my question to you is. What do you think about versatility and modularity when it comes down to just wearing wearing suits? Well, suits are suits are one of those things that uh, can provide versatility. They what it really what it is it's, it's a formality statement, right? When you dress in a suit, it's more for a formal reason. Typically, that's what it's for. Um, versatility, yes and no. I mean. Really, this is where style kind of comes back into the equation, right? It's like, what is your style? What is the what is the fashion? Is the, are the things that we buy, but our style is the way that we wear them. So, you know, I can buy a three piece suit, maybe only wear the trousers, but if it works well and you know there is a, there is some color harmony involved with it, then yeah, it's going to work pretty well. Uh, this is where you know having a somewhat of a good understanding of how color theory works with each individual as well as uh, how it works with the skin tone. It, this is all education that is is vital in being able to create a style for yourself that is effective. Because that's really what it comes down to. It's not if it's good or bad. Or if it, it, is it effective? Does this work? Does this, does this is, it, is it an eyesore or is it something that actually looks pleasant on your skin, on your body, on your silhouette? I think versatility is important, though. I think some of the most versatile suits are probably some of the boring suits. But they're so, but you can style them in so many different ways. You can add so many different kinds of, of uh, you know, pocket squares. You can add a different color. You can change out the jacket with, you know, a certain color trouser. There's so many things that you can do with versatility. If you buy a, a timeless piece, you know, what are those timeless pieces? Well, I would say stick with your dark blues and your charcoals. You know, I, I think anything with those, anything in those colors, you'll you'll look good in the trousers. You'll look good with a jacket. You look good with each one of those parts separate. I think where a lot of people go wrong is they think that a suit is only used for uh, just for formally uh, formal events. And as you demonstrated, Anthony, it's you can wear them out when you're just going to a cigar to go have a cigar. It doesn't actually have to all be put together. I mean, even right now, like I'm wearing my trouser right now for my suit. Um, but I have a black shirt over it, you know, and I have a black shirt on, but that's it. I may walk around like this. I may not, you know, I may want to go grab the suit, but, you know, it's the option is there. Um, so really, that's what I tell guys. It's it's versatility is important, but understand the context of, I, I think understanding the context of what you're, Context of when to wear a suit and when to kind of break it up. That's that's a little bit more in the weeds, and you know, t- tell guys just don't worry about that. Just get into a good suit, get to stick to these colors, stick to this color range, get a couple shirts, get them all tailored, and you'll be set. Then you'll find ways to to wear them. You won't, you you know, you don't have to worry about making sure it's a formal event to wear a suit. So, yeah. Okay, so now the weather's changing. It's getting warmer, at least yeah. here in New England. So let's talk about summer attire, summer and spring. Oh, what do you What oh, do you like for the summer? What do you like for the spring? I'm curious. Anything? You know, I, a lot of guys will say you know linen's a good way to go. I like linen. I think cashmere is also pretty nice. Uh, a nice cashmere shirt. Uh, linen is good. I, Cotton, anything that really just helps kind of soak up the or help either one soak up moisture or two uh, encourage more airflow, such as linen. Uh, recently, I've been kind of wearing a lot of white. I think uh, white is a pretty universal color. I think it works well with any sort of colored shirt. Uh, I've 
push guys to, and even right now I'm getting more into a softer white, so more of like a lighter gray. And again, it all it's all kind of contextual. During the day, I'll probably be in a in a white pant, some sort could be cotton, linen, could be even a jean. Uh, you know, the white is really what makes it so versatile, but also the material. Uh, for the top, excuse me, and then also for nights, I tell guys, you know, white may not always be the best color to wear at night. It's just not contextually, just doesn't, it's not sound. It doesn't make any sense, right? White is more of a daylight color. But if you get into like a light gray, that looks nice. And I actually tell guys, people think of gray, they think of like wool gray. They think of like a, but no, I tell guys, no, no, no. Look into, I call it platinum, right? It's like a lighter gray, but it's off white, but it's more in that grayer tone versus a sand tone or more of a yellowish tone. But being able to play with those off colors is really a uh, one of the best things you can do at, for nighttime. You know, white, you know, during the day you can wear a lot of white, but then at night you can kind of break off that white and add a little bit of color tone to that, uh, to that, to that pant. For the shirts, again, that's how guys buttoned ups is always going to be great. Um, you can always wear a cashmere shirt. You can always wear a nice Henley shirt. Man, there's so much. I love shirts. I mean, uh, I think right now, my, one of my favorite things to wearing right now is just a nice crew neck, you know, but I tell guys, you know, you can always go with the V, V cut crew neck really what i tell guys is go for the higher quality cottons so your subpoena cottons is always going to be very very useful it's always going to be nice and soft and almost feels like butter uh, what is it banana republic has this luxury touch shirt and i kid you not it is the softest buttery subpoena cotton luxury touch i've ever touched before you can get this for 40 bucks and it's a shirt that you'll never want to take off it's a shirt that, you know, if you're out on a date, she's going to want to touch anyways. So, you know, it's, it's, I told, you know, it really play around with all these different materials. You know, it doesn't have to be a synthetic. It doesn't have to be a strictly a Hanes cotton shirt. You can play around with other, uh, it doesn't even have to be cotton. It could be linen. You know, play around with different materials and see what you like. And, you know, some people run hot. They may want to run on linen. Some people may run a little bit cooler. Then, yeah, they can. Maybe get away with a little bit of cashmere, like myself. But see, that's the thing. That's what that's what people in general need to look at. It's it's when when they're about to buy their garments, they should look at the material. So, mm. for example, I was helping out a gentleman looking uh, looking to getting some suits and some dress shirts in Miami, and mm -hmm. while we're while we're doing that. He was like, oh, what about that suit? Or what about this one? I'm like, let's look at the label. And he's like, why? I was just like, well, you want to make sure it actually is breathable. Because in this type of weather, it's gonna you're going to just choke. So yeah. we looked at it, and most of these suits were all polyester or yeah. some kind of synthetic, synthetic material. And I was just like flipping through the pages, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. Okay, we're leaving this shop. I won't yep. say which shop. However, going there, I was like, yeah, this is not worth it. And so when I was mentioning to this, his eyes just wide, just opened widely. And I was like, okay, the next time you know what to do when you go to a shop, look at the label. Yeah, I think, I think education, when it comes down to understanding why is it a shirt costs a certain amount, there's a reason behind that. It's because I think... Personally, and you could correct me if I'm wrong here, I find that a lot of synthetic material shirts are much more cheaper, like dress shirts, yeah. in comparison to linen, cashmere, uh, Egyptian cotton, cotton types of uh, shirts. So, yeah, that's the one thing that people should understand is when you're when you grab a polyester shirt or Elstein shirt or something something in that in that um, neighborhood. Like it just ends up, you end up sweating. So this is why when you're having conversations with people that, like, oh, I always sweat with my shirts and stuff. I'm like, and I used to ask them, what type of shirt are you wearing or what type of dress shirt? And they're like, I don't know. It's this thing that I got from so-and-so shop. I was like, did you check the label? And then they're like, okay, now I know. And that's when the light bulb happens. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to value. Mm-hmm. Cost and everything, that's all great. 
forty dollars for a T-shirt, people don't see the the reason for it. it. It really goes back to value. I think when you ask the right question, and that question is, yeah, how many times can I wear this shirt? Am I going to enjoy wearing this shirt? Do I look good in this shirt? You really start to compound all the value towards it. So you know, I, I haven't I, as as I've said before, just paying a little bit more for clothing. It's just part of the sexy tax that I pay. It fits good. It looks good. And uh, it garners respect. And I really think that's what, at the end of the day, I think that's what men want. They want to be respected in the clothing. They want to have a sense of personality in the clothing. And we can get that. But let's get down to the basics first. Fit over everything. right? Fit over fashion. Um, on top of that, you know, then you go into functionality and then you go into color. But if you don't so, have the, if if you don't have a framework, if you don't have a structure for it, you know, not just give away the framework. I don't care. My goal is that I can educate men and just kind of thinking of clothing a different way, thinking of clothing as a tool versus just something that you just buy and something you just go out and buy from Walmart. You know, and there's nothing wrong with getting anything from Walmart. If that's what you like, so be it. But if you want to start to have control, have an influence over the way that people perceive you. Look into, as you said, look into other garments, look into other materials. Uh, understand, have it, have an idea of, you know, if you know that you, you know, you're wearing some sort of plastic or some sort of uh, synthetic material, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see why you sweat so much. You're gonna know why you sweat so much. But you know, again, it goes back to education. If these guys don't know, then. They won't, they won't realize or they won't become aware of it. So, you know, my goal has just always been to empower men in that sense, just to educate them. You know, I, I do talk a lot, a lot. I do talk a lot on my Twitter about, uh, you know, getting the right fit, getting good shape. And then we start getting into clothes. You know, if, if, if you don't have fit, if you don't have functionality, if you don't have a proper silhouette, then, you know, your clothes is always going to be subpar. At least they're always going to look subpar. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you're having a conversation with people because uh, it really does align with some of the things that I talk about as well. Are there any accessories you like for the summer, like hats, loafers, any signature <laughs> you like? Like, is there any signature piece you use in the summer? Man, I'm using a lot of sunglasses, especially here in LA. Okay. Right? And it's one of those things that if it's, you know, I'm not big on the watches. I, I respect watches, and I do think that timepieces are have a special place in in a wardrobe. My thing is just sunglasses. You know, if if you got a sunglass, I tell guys, you know, don't just go for the simple black mirror sunglass. You know, go for a gradient. Go for something that's a little bit off. Um, also, you know, you can't go wrong with footwear. You know, if you if you can get like a very decent boot, a very decent loafer. It's going to look good all the time. And people say that's not an accessory. I, I see it as an accessory, right? Um, also, I think fragrance. Man, people sleep on fragrance, man. So so sad. Yep, yep. It's because you can't wear like a heavy, like, you know, putting on a heavy cologne or something in the summer just doesn't feel right. Yeah, but it's also it's also knowing what type of fragrance, what type of um, how do you say consistency? If you if you know what I mean in terms of like fragrance, so some mm. of them are eau de parfum. Then there's like uh, what is it, eau de toilette? Then there's parfum. So it's just like uh, there's like these these differences between between them, right? Like uh, yes. I think uh, and each one each one has like uh, I believe like uh, what is it uh, eau de parfum which is like water um, not eau de parfum but uh, sorry it's like eau de toilette like what like toilet water or something like what they what they say when you check like in in your um, perfume bottle excuse me it's you can see the dilution the amount the amount that it's been uh, diluted and then from there you you kind of have to choose what type of perfume you're going to use for what particular occasion and what particular time of the day, right? Because depending on what you use, like let's say if it's just super diluted and you put that on your skin, it's going to sweat it off. So yep. you kind of have to choose. So what do you so what do you think about that? Like when do you think one should use um a specific perfume? 
Well, I, I would ask them, you know, what is the occasion, number one? Uh, from my experience, I've noticed that toilets, they think of it as like a, it, it's something very loud because of the, as you mentioned, the different, con the concentration is different than on a perfume. A perfume, it, it's, it's more oil-based. And typically what happens is that it's not as strong. It doesn't dissipate as quickly. An eau de toilette will certainly, uh, when it's on my skin, it, it think it just like, it's like a flash fire. Just instantly, I just, for about 20 or 30 minutes, that's all I smell. That's all that anybody would smell. But a perfume will definitely stick on your skin a little bit longer. It'll dissipate a lot less, but it's not as strong, at least after the first 20 or 30 minutes. So, you know, I, if you really want to make a statement, spray that toilet, right? If it's something that needs, like, you really need to mask a certain scent, you know, if you've been sweating, maybe a toilet might be best. A perfume is something a little bit more subtle. Uh, it's something a little bit more intimate. I typically tell guys to spray on your wrists. Also, just right behind the head. As you're going for a hug, people will get a nice little whiff of you right then and there. Um, and, you know, again, I, those are more for, like, the more intimate scenarios. Let's say you're networking a little bit you don't want to be as loud. Go with the parfum. You know, people will definitely notice you can spread on your pocket square. And, you know, as you walk around, it'll dissipate you know, a little bit slower. If you really need to, like, cover up something and it's, like, last-minute-ditch effort, you know, go with the toilet. Not to say that either one of them is better. It's just, you know, what think of the situation now. I typically only stick with parfums. I like parfums a lot. It's, I'm paying a little bit more, but, you know, it sticks around a little bit longer as well. And usually the quality, I think, um, in terms of smell, it's quite different. I personally, I found that like eau de toilette, usually the smell isn't so great. And maybe that's just a personal, personal thing. It's just like, it's, it's very, um, how do you say generic to, uh, for me personally, whereas eau de parfum, like I found that there's a specific uh, not specific, but there's different different categories and different patterns to the smell, and you can you can really play around with it. So, what do you think about that? Do you do you agree or disagree with that? I would say I agree with that. One thing guys don't do either is they don't mix perfumes. So, if you really <laughs> want to go for like a nice little, you know, something you can easily do is you know, if you have a toilet, if you have a perfume, mix them around, see what you get. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be very conscious of. How much you mix because some of these bottles do get a bit expensive you know you don't want to just completely ruin an entire uh an entire bottle but hey you know tell guys you know we're talking about accessories you know get an atomizer you know just a simple atomizer you can carry around with you and spray as you go things like that guys don't think of it but it's like you can mix it in there it doesn't have to be these big bottles that you're mixing together it doesn't have to be you don't have to be ruining the entire flask of 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 cologne Certainly also, have yeah and also it's great for portability right when you're uh, when you're traveling oh, indeed oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know tsa doesn't have to like yeah. take your entire bottle and you're like oh, oh my tom ford of three four hundred dollar kind of thing you have these tiny atomizers okay it's gone no yeah. problem kind you know what thing. the worst part about that is is that even if like you're like halfway done and it's clearly under 100 milliliters, because the flask yeah. says 200 or 120, it's like nope, we have to take it all. It's like man, that's happened to me more than once. So you know, I'm telling oh. you guys, I, I, this is how you avoid that. It's yeah, it's so unfortunate. It's happened to it. That did not happen to me. I actually, what happened to me was I left a perfume inside my luggage. TSA happened to yeah. check my luggage and what they happened to not do is forget to close the bottle. Oh. Um, to my surprise, I open it. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind now of everything like... smells good. <laughs> yeah, but it did. That was that was kind of like the good thing. My, my, my uh, entire luggage smells like Tom Ford now. So can't really... Can't complain. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, like, do you have any particular questions to ask us since we've been kind of like throwing you a bunch of things? Man, I'm loving this conversation. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious to know what is it that got you guys into 
closing style. I mean, I know that you guys have seemed like to me you guys know a lot, and uh, so I know that you guys definitely have your stories as well. What brought you into what brought you into this space? Do you want to go ahead, Nick? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I would say, well, when I first met Anthony, and uh, he gave me his cigarette case, and I spilled all the cigarettes on the floor because I couldn't figure out how to open it. Uh, him and I just got to talking and, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm like, I've always been a big fan of like the 1920s and I think that was like the pinnacle of dress, like classic dress, uh, like the, the TV show Peaky Blinders, which I take a lot of style cues from. And then when I met Anthony, he was kind of already doing it in in real life. Like he had a nice burgundy three piece suit on. He was wearing a pocket watch, and so we had just got to talking. And really, that was like the catalyst for me. I was like, oh wow, I really need to, to take this seriously. I had, I, it was kind of in bits and pieces. Most of the dress, like informal wear, that I had been used to wearing was from like, I've been dressed by my parents, um, not really on my own. And then as I've grown up, I've started to take more responsibility for it. And, and then I've noticed that the way I dress is direct uh, reflections on the way I'm treated. So like I had, there, there was also some other events. Like I, I hate wearing shorts. So like in the summer, so in the summer, sure, yeah. sure I, was, I was like, what, what pants can I wear in the summer that I'm not going to sweat in? And so that's kind of how I came across linen kind of mm. by accident because I was like, I'm not, I'm not wearing khaki shorts in the summer, <laughs> uh, coming across like linen stuff and being like a fair skin tone, like. I get sunburned easily, so I wear, I wear long sleeves if I'm sometimes at the beach or in the summer because I don't want to get sunburned, especially if I'm outside. So that's kind of how I found linen shirts. And then, you know, Anthony, I, I would say Anthony, Anthony and I have kind of just bounced a lot of ideas off of each other. And uh, doing some reading as well. Um, you know, my own personal time. And then that's kind of just, and then trial and error. Like I had spent a good amount of money on like five or six button up shirts to realize oh, yeah. that the sleeve length was too short and, oh, it, yeah. and it wouldn't come through my jacket. When I was at the tailor. He's like, your sleeves are too short. And I was like, I just bought three more shirts. So that was like, Part of the game, right? Yeah. Part of part of the education, right? This is this is our tuition. We pay our tuition up front. You know, we make mistakes, keep going, we keep learning, and you know, we get better at this. So, hey man, I've been there too. It's been over past ten years, probably over probably about thirty grand just clothing, right. just trying different things. Yeah. Hey, man, part of the tuition. I I also like I also find it really rewarding to help people. Like I like uh, my cousin and I went to the store together and we got him a bunch of pants and shirts because he works in like a corporate environment. Right. So I was like tuning up his style. Like that was pretty fun for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think a lot of men can, you know, really will benefit from people like yourselves. You know, you guys are people that are, you know, what, what I've noticed is that, through talking with you guys, I'm not the one. I'm, I'm not alone, and that's always a it's always a good thing to to see, and always a good thing to be a part of, you know. Because hey, you know, hopefully we can also inspire other men to do the same. And if we do that, I think, I think we're doing more good for the world than than uh, if we're than if we were not. So, yeah, because nobody really taught me how to dress. Like mm -hmm. my my father didn't really. He was just kind of. I mean, he worked in a corporate environment, but from that time period, it was pretty much like a shirt and tie kind of, there was no real like pizzazz to it or swag to it or 
not knocking him. It's just the circumstance, like this kind of corporate mm-hmm. America, like so. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really that was really it for me. And what do you, what do you, what do you, what frameworks do you use? Excuse me. Let me rephrase that question. Do you have a framework that you help guys with? What can you expand on? What do you mean by framework? Yeah, like a basis, like a baseline. So what I, I'll give an example. When I, whenever a client comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to improve my style," yeah, there's typically a framework. I don't just start recommending clothing. I oh, typically okay. tell guys. Okay, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell I'm me actually, a little bit. What, can you just excuse me for one second? I need to grab my charger. Absolutely, no worries. All right, and so you're saying so? So you're asking like, what type of framework do we use? Um, as you said, it's like it's kind of like the story. What type of story do you want to give? And this is actually falling into someone whom I'm speaking to right now actively about that. I usually ask them like, do you want to be the like the rakish kind of guy? Do you want to be the, you know, refined kind of guy, uh, kind of guy? Or do you want to be the rugged kind of guy? And then they're like, what does that mean? And then it's kind of like breaking that apart and being like, do you want to be a, a, a gentleman that's like on a motorbike kind of person, like a really badass uh, Tom Cruise kind of Brad Pitt kind of look? Do you want to be a more like sleek kind of Daniel Craig look from James mm. Bond? Or do you want to give that kind of look of like uh, Russell Brand, Johnny Depp kind of look where you're really like opened up, but yet you're a bit scruffy. You got like some bracelets and all that stuff going on. And then from there, it's kind of like it's it's a game. It's a game where you're 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 painting the picture that they want to look like. Right. right. So you're working with their with their requirements and you're building something, but you often, like for me, I, I usually tell them, I'm like, look, I'm not here to make, I'm not here to make promises, but we'll, I will draw something based on how you look. And then from there, back to one of your earlier points, it, it does come down to working out. It does come down to taking care of yourself, right? So if your body fits the person that I'm going to give you, then great. But if not, it's homework. And in fact, it's a motivation. So when I build this framework with with a certain client, I motivate them and I inspire them to go out and work out if they're not at par to the body type that they're looking for or the the person that they want to be. So for them, they're like, oh, okay. So if, if I need to, if I want to become this, then I have to do that. So that's kind of like the framework. And in fact, other than the three archetypes, everything else is just up for like imagination, right? We don't want to create cookie cutter kind of people. We want to be able to give them a sense of creativity, something to just kind of like imagine and work with. So they don't think that, oh, I'm wearing this navy pants. It doesn't work with this type of shirt. Then so I'm not going to wear this anymore. And it's like, no, you just kind of play play with that. You kind of play with that. Um, I did I, like I did have a question, or I wanted to see what were your thoughts about certain cheat codes when you're when you're like going out, and I'll and I'll further explain about this this kind of cheat code kind of thing. Yeah. So when when sure. when I would go out, like I used to I used to think that oh. I need, like, if I'm going to wear a blazer, I would have to wear a long sleeve. But then I kind of tested this out where I don't wear a long sleeve anymore. I just wear short sleeves uh, in the summer, that is. And I wear a blazer. And it's still buttoned down, but it's just a short sleeve. So it's kind of like I go out, I look formal, and then I remove that. And everyone's like, whoa, that just, like, completely changed your look. But I I call that like to me it's called like the cheat code because it's kind of like you're a chameleon you're you're working with the the environment so it's not like you feel I guess dragged down when you're wearing like you know long sleeves so in this case it's kind of like you have your short sleeve you're you're 
you're set. You're set to go go out wherever, like to a bar. And then when you're done with that, you could just wear the blazer, and then you're off to off to the races as a business person. What do you think about that? Like in terms of calling it the cheat code. Well, I'm typically not somebody who likes to wear short sleeve shirts. I'm typically someone that if you know if I need to roll up my pant, if I need to roll up my shirt, I will. That's my version of of you know wearing short sleeves. Just so I'm clear, you're asking me if I have any cheat codes or if I have any response to what you mentioned? Actually, it's both. Do you have your own right. cheat codes? And like, what are your thoughts about yeah. that? Does that, does that changes? Uh, do you have a specific thought about that? Well, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing. I mean, if it works for you, it works for you. You know, I, I'm not going to tell somebody that's not what you would do. I would tell people, hey, there's a way that it's always been done. And then if you want to go break the rules, hey, as long as you know the rule, as long as you understand the concept of what you're doing, then I think everything is fine. Uh, now, for Chico's, for myself, what I recommend to people, you know, Anthony, you just made a video the other day about, you know, getting suspenders. You know, I think that is incredibly useful for most people. They never even think about that. Uh, I tell guys, you know, get shirts things. Things that attach to the bottom of your dress shirt that hold it down in place so that it doesn't ride up as you move. Um, collar stays, uh, collar stays, these, uh, collar like, stays, shirt stays, there's these collar studs. Collar studs, right? It's yeah. these little things that just help maintain the silhouette of what you wear. Uh, good handkerchief, you know. Doesn't doesn't have to be a plain white one. Can, you guys can have a little bit of fun with that. Simple things like cheat codes, you know, I just see it as things that just make your life easier. And those things are just things that help you move easier in a suit, help keep things in place, uh, help keep your socks in place. I mean, people don't realize that you don't have to get, you know, cat, there's a thing called calf socks that, when you wear them, your socks don't roll all the way down. They actually hug onto your calf. So it doesn't matter if you sit up or sit down, if you're standing up or if you're sitting down, people will never see your leg, you know, will never see your skin on your legs. Uh, you know, these things to me, I thought were just things that were well known. But, you know, again, these are things that I learned from being in the military. You know, and it's to me, I didn't realize that so many people were doing all these other things. And, you know, I guess for, I guess for me, these are cheat codes you know to other people these are cheat codes and it's something that you know i think goes a long way it, it definitely helps make your life easier it helps maintain your image and it helps it also shows that you get it you know whenever you're around other people who wear or used to wearing suits and they see you know and they see these little signs of hey this guy's using a collar stay maybe this guy you know his socks are all the way up to his calf these these are details and these details say a lot about you and, and whether or not this is something that you do or if this is something that you should do for this one occasion. So uh, I think those little details will really be, ultimately they, they tell a big story. And that story is, is that you get it. You understand how to wear a suit. You're a businessman. This is the image that you are truly portraying. So, you know, I think often, I think at the end of the day, these cheat codes really will help solidify uh your brand. So yeah, cheat codes, not really what I thought about, excuse me, not really what I, not, not really how I think of them, but you know, the more I think about it, you know, Hey, these, these can definitely be cheat codes for somebody. So that's, yeah. I mean, thanks. Thanks for that. Because that, that's exactly what I was, I was basically thinking. And it's it's great that we were able to harmoniously have this type of conversation. I'm just wondering, do you have any other specific questions you'd like to ask us? In fact, I could just give you a quick bio of how I got into what I got into because seeing that Nick went with his trilogy on on how he got there. Um, for example, I started off with 
the reasons why I even got into suits was uh, due to my mom working in a factory where she used to have like all these suits and stuff. So I used to see her bringing suits and trousers back home. And Mm. at one point, I remember having a conversation, I believe I was six or seven, I saw my uncle, he's always wearing a suit. And he'd always tell me, you'll only be respected in this world if you wear a suit, kind of thing. And I was just like, uncle, huh, really? And then it just kind of like became a thing where it's like, I wanted to test it out. I wanted to be... You know, some people will call it a snowflake, I don't know, or it's something you want to be different. But for me, it was kind of like, it's it's a way of expression, right? Wearing these suits and trying these out and seeing where it is. I kind of like the classic feel to it because there was a sense of accountability. The fact that you were supposed to iron your shirt, you were supposed to maintain your garments, you were supposed to take care of things, right? It became kind of a thing from from high school just wearing wearing a uniform so for me it was it felt so weird just wearing a t-shirt after a while so i was like okay i gotta wear a suit i gotta wear a dress shirt i gotta wear something like that and then coming into the 1920s as nick nick mentioned i was like oh yeah this is kind of interesting or the 1950s where people were just wearing suits and and whatnot if they were wearing wristwatches or uh, a pocket watch i was like let me test this out let me see how this kind of feels for me and then you know i went to the exploration of like using these like uh, sleeve garters and whatnot and just testing them out and what i noticed is the more effort i put into the clothing the more eyes i got because it didn't make me look like a clown. In fact, it was more like, whoa, where did you get this? Oh, I really want to try this. Hey, this is really cool that you're putting all this all this effort in. It's like, it's really well put together. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of became a thing. And then once I started noticing my surroundings where people were being sluggish and not putting a lot of effort in their clothing, and then they were asking me questions, I was like, okay, this is, this is my chance. This is a way to kind of like go and look at gentlemen when they're when they are wearing suits to start off with because you can't start off with someone that's just wearing a t-shirt and tell them to kind of do this no you kind of have to start off with people that are actually making the effort and then talking Mm -hmm. to them and seeing hey how can you can how can you improve on them and so this is kind of that thing like nick and i we just walk around we talk to people we see certain gentlemen we're like so what's the reason as to why you're wearing the suit. And then nine times out of 10, you kind of get that answer. It's like, I don't know. I I just didn't, I didn't know what kind of suit to wear. I was right. thinking wearing this black suit in the middle of like summer. And you're just like, yeah, no. Rest in peace. Rest right. in peace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or like, you know, my, my pants weren't like, properly my my trousers weren't properly like fitted to me kind of thing so you're asking these questions and then that's kind of like making them think and then yeah that's kind of like our journey now it's just improving their their style in fact elevating their style getting them to realize that you know that's that's kind of like it's you're not always oh you don't need to be going on a one-track mind and it's not everything's black and white in fact it's just a bunch of colors you just have to yeah. use to explore into it. So that's kind of like where, how I got into all of this. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that, you know, you had a parents that understood the power of a suit. Something that uh, I was, I wasn't necessarily wearing a suit, but I was certainly wearing a uniform. But nonetheless. Nonetheless. I still think that there is, that's an, that's, you were giving an opportunity that uh, you were giving an idea that not many people were given. So well done with you. Well done with what you've done so far. And it's amazing that, well, say it's amazing. It's, I see why Nick is doing so well now because hey, he has a, has a fantastic coach, fantastic friend that can also guide him as well. And yep. he can do the same for you. So it's amazing. It's, it's it's cool seeing that, for sure. Yeah, I would say, back to your question that you asked me before I got had to get up about the like a framework that I recommend. 
I, like my framework is always like to start with fitness and like health and grooming because I think that's like an easy, really inexpensive way like to a lot of people to make like significant changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I remember just in high school, I used to get my hair cut every two weeks, and that was like when everybody was getting lineups and the short, short like short hair was like really so whatever. But you kept the you kept the the skin fade like crispy. Or your lineup, you wanted it crispy, so you would go every two weeks. Um, and then hey, people maintaining the image, right? Um, you know, I can't grow a full beard, my dad can, so I've always been like jealous of him. So I have to usually clean yeah. shave every two two days. So yeah. just maintaining that is like an easy, really easy way, like, um. That like a lot of people when I talk to they first that's like the first thing or you know just buffing their fingernails clipping their fingernails yep which is like I mean I've always done that yeah um and then fitness like I I love you know like weight training strength training um is like a big uh, you know always been a like big part of my life ever since school like college so that's like I'm always, I always like, you know, helping other people out with that, writing programs for myself, um, you know, just giving or, or just like working out. Like I just, you know, if I can give it for free, like, cause it's just like easy stuff, like little adjustments make all the difference. And mm-hmm. exactly. that's like an easy place to start because honestly, I don't think it's even worth buying any clothes if you look. You look like shit, or you have a gut. Like you, you lose the weight. You're gonna have to buy them again, anyways. So 